We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again. And if this is your first time listening, we certainly appreciate that. And this time out, we have a lot we want to get into. But first, I want to remind you of a couple of things. And it'll be important for a couple of different reasons. I want to remind you guys, you can call the Sports Line 24 hours a day at 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Also on social media, I am on Facebook at the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And, of course, on Twitter at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And, of course, uh, the Wade'sWordProductions.com website. That's WadesWordProductions.com website. Those are ways that you can reach out and touch me. So I'm coming to you this time with an abbreviated podcast. I just kind of wanted to get some things off of my chest. The world around us, the world as we knew it, is no longer peaceful. Not that it was, but I mean, it's very tumultuous times we're in. And it's a really, really crazy time that the country has at times literally been on fire coast to coast from New York to California, from D.C. to Oregon. You know, so there have been things going on all over this country, curfews, states of emergency, National Guard called in in 14 states. I mean, it's been a crazy, crazy time in reference to the murder of George Floyd. And I have watched hours upon hours upon hours i've read things seen things watched things one thing that i have not done was spoken to you guys in this way i've touched on this and i've talked about this several ways i I, on twitter i've been active of course on ktsu sports talk i've said some things but i wasn't able to do what say what i wanted to say and quite frankly i did not know what to say because so many things had came flooding in and i vented to all of the folks that are close to me and they they're like okay yeah you need to do a podcast and i forget sometimes that people do want to hear from me i created a platform an additional platform to what we do on ktsu because i knew you guys wanted to hear from me and i somehow was lost in all of this when people want to hear from me and i i'm i appreciate that and i hope that i can add to uh, the dialogue and the conversation of what's going on now as it pertains to the world of sports yes there are things going on we are going to get to uh, a couple things I do want to mention, and I'm not going to get into those things uh, deeply this time out, but next time, possibly. We'll see what happens. But uh, we, the NBA is going to return, it looks like, with a 22-game, a 22-team format. And they're voting on that today. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Also, uh, big news in the SWAC. And uh, FAMU, Florida A&M University, is interested in coming to the SWAC. And I've talked to people around the SWAC 
to get their takes on this and I'll have some thoughts on that as well at some point. Uh, we'll see what FAMU talks about today, and then I can get more into what I have found out uh, through my sources and some of my communications uh, on the swag side of things. So those things have happening, are happening. Baseball, I'm well aware of Drew Brees, and I will get into all of those things uh, sooner rather than later. But this time out, I just wanted to talk about what we have seen and what we have witnessed and what we are seeing and maybe where is this thing going now a friend of mine asked on social media why this time why 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 the outrage this time we've seen all of these things before and i don't think it was a flippant request or question i, I think that i mean it was an honest question i i think i'm gonna you can't you can't read intent in in a in a post so i don't think it was well, why now i don't think it was i think it was more like okay why what about this time has created this explosion and i think a lot of people are wondering because a lot of people in society are blindsided by this so they're wondering okay well, what why what to that and i responded to her and and i'll say it here <sighs> have we processed have we truly processed what we've seen have we really processed watching the way george floyd was murdered have we I, I, because i don't think we have i, I don't think that we have I mean, maybe some of us have more, more than others but i don't think that we have taken time to really understand what is on that tape because like a lot of people we've been exposed to massive violence on television we've seen all kinds of things on television we've seen all sorts of racial murder and killings and we've seen police killings and i mean we've seen these things over and over again we're familiar with history and lynching and and bad things that happened during the middle passage and all of those things we've heard about and, and some of us have seen death and violence in our personal lives. Like, personally, we've seen things. I mean, I've seen things as it pertains to people being killed and hurt and stuff like that. But what's different about this one? When you look at the other murders, killings by at the hands of police, you have the Eric Garner thing which was very similar in that he was asphyxiated he was he was choked to death you look at freddie gray and the back of the police transport you look at to me uh, the philando castile was just heartbreaking heartbreaking because we saw the moments right after that we saw the worst that I'd seen was Tamir Rice, a, a child, a kid playing with a kid's toy. Within three seconds, the cop pulled up and shot him. I mean, there's so many others. There's so many others that we've seen, seen portions of, seen, uh, witnessed. We witnessed this. But but a lot of that has been with movement, in action. Things were happening. Things were going on. There were split second decisions or not such split second decisions whatever there were a lot of bad things that went on we have never seen someone 
We've never seen a police officer patiently, methodically, mercilessly murder someone. Now, I've only seen this video one time. I've only seen it one time. And I haven't seen the entire thing. It's too heartbreaking to even think about. I only saw two and a half minutes on Twitter once. And immediately I I, I just tweeted, this was murder. This was cold calculated murder. And then in the coming days, you process what you've seen. It's almost post-traumatic stress because, I mean, you it washes over you. Can you imagine had an officer done that to an animal, to a, to a dog, to just sit there and, and choke a dog out? Can you imagine the, the traumatic impact that would have on society but this happened to a human being george floyd was a human being lived in third ward down the street from where i grew up in south park went to yates right around the corner from ktsu know a ton of yates people i know people who know him he was a real person a good person and of course Whatever they were called for, the $20 bill, whatever that is, that is. But that was not anything worthy of a death penalty. And they said, well, he he wasn't even resisting. And it's almost not even the point. Because I don't don't care if he punched all of them in the face. At that point, I saw the video. At that point, he was face down on the ground, handcuffed. No longer a threat to anybody, if he ever was. It just it deepens the tragedy to know that he didn't resist in any sort of way. But it didn't matter what he did. Because at that point, for those minutes, he was face down on the ground. No cop has ever, you cannot convince me no one in the world has ever been in mortal danger with their hand or felt they were in mortal danger with their hand in their pocket. But that's what we saw. I think we have to process the sheer cruelty of what we saw. And I think that for, for those of us who have, I think it it's, a, it's such a tragic, tragic, sad, sad thing that we witnessed. And it cannot happen again. It just, if you get away with this, there's just no regard for anything. Because this was patient, methodical cruelty. It was sheer brutality in ways that, I mean, and again, you hear stories about the Nazis and the maniacal things that they did, diabolical stuff that they did on an unprecedented scale. And and that's only something that you can imagine. But to see somebody in in the modern day world, because it's easy to separate, oh, those were just monsters, blah, blah, blah. They were brainwashed, blah, blah, blah. That's one thing to see that from 80 years ago nearly 80 years ago it's another thing to see it in our evolved you would think free greatest country in the world a person we we hold in in high esteem traditionally uh, in in most corners of society a police officer someone who's to be respected i was taught that like everybody else in school we talked about that in school nurses firemen police officers a lot of kids growing up wanting to be a police officer, fireman, 
to see that from a uh, someone who's supposed to be a respected protector of society which again we in the African American community know the truth about most of our encounters or, or most of the people have encountered that because I want to say this I have had a I, I have a story <laughs> I mean and I, I put this out there for people and I want black men to give me their stories give me a call 832 941-6614 and I'm going to put that on a podcast I want to hear your story I have a story now I say every every story that I have is not a, a, a bad story most of my stories are not bad I've had great encounters or not how great is I mean can you have a great encounter <laughs> on like on a traffic stop but I've had encounters that were fine I was treated with respect and allowed to go there have been times i know i was stopped for the wrong reason and I, I you know what has come to light is that you start to think about how deep the burden of racism is on everyday life in my life and, and some of the things in other words i don't know and and i have a very complicated relationship because I, I'm being biracial, I had a unique life growing up. I was different from everybody everywhere. Because again, especially when I grew up, being the age that I am. So I, I have a, a, a different experience. But race was all, it's always really been a, a part of my life on a lot of different levels. But to imagine that you don't you didn't have the burden of the experiences of a teacher being a little bit unfair or going in the stores and people mistreating you or just that feet it's a feeling it's a feeling that you know you know it and people on jobs they know they know certain people got promotions when they shouldn't have gotten them over somebody more qualified and you so you, you this rips the band-aid off if there was a band-aid on a lot of everyday experiences and people are tired and they want to be heard because this takes away the humanity of an african-american an african-american a, a a human being it strips away his humanity to see him murdered that way and it strips away the humanity of police who are supposed to be there to protect and serve. So I've had an experience. And again, I have friends that are police officers. And I, I, I don't have any deep-held animosity towards police. My dad, I think my father had much more. And again, he grew up in Houston, Texas. And, and in East, in parts of, what I guess, Southeast Texas. And his experience in the 40s and 50s and 60s, his experiences were much worse than mine. And he did harbor animosity generally. He didn't mistreat anybody, but generally he didn't have a lot for law enforcement. But he was shaped, it was shaped in him by his experiences. Some things I know about, other things I don't know about. But these are the things that have created these tumultuous times. Then you have a president 
that is as divisive a a leader, if you want to call him a leader, as anyone in modern history for sure. In my life, by far. And you ask yourself, why? How did this happen? How did how did this happen? Coming off of the best example. America has to offer in President Barack Obama. Barack Obama, I don't care what color he is. He is the personification of what a leader of the United States of America should look like. Intelligent, compassionate, thoughtful, statesmanlike. A worldview that helped him help us maneuver in this world, a very complicated world. He's everything you would want in a leader. Now, whether or not you agree with his policies, whatever, whatever, but a man proud of his culture, but appreciative of all cultures, man with a beautiful family, smart, accomplished, beautiful wife, beautiful kids, and overcame coming from a broken home, which is a part of the American story coming up from, from adversity, rising from difficult circumstances. He didn't have a happy two parent home and he overcame all of those things, went to Chicago when he didn't have to, to get down and help people who needed help and became a community organizer. So we go from that person. If you take away his color and you just, put a resume down of who this person is. People will be like, this is the guy. This is the example of what a president should be for all time. And for that, we have a backlash that has created a situation where we have Donald Trump as president. And, and you said, well, what, and we were talking about police violence. How did you get to Donald Trump? This is why this has been such an explosive time. First of all, you have Corona, which was mis mismanaged. 106,000 people did not have to die. Because he was incompetent, he didn't take care of people. This happened. Now you have 40 million people out of work. You have a, a, an intensity uh, all over the place. It's just everybody's on edge seemingly all the time we're just now coming out which i don't think we should at this time we're just now coming back out into the world after being on quarantine all over the country and we see incidents ramp up here in houston a number of incidents between police and citizens ramping up and in the backdrop of all of this again the institution of policing in america has exposed itself to be inequitable and murderous to some of the people that they're supposed to serve and protect. And again, I think we've seen it so much that people don't, people don't realize, and people also don't realize just because we, you see the deaths sporadically, it doesn't mean that people don't feel victimized or mistreated or picked on by police officers every single day in smaller ways because they do. Well, I, I can tell, I can, I can throw out areas of town where I can say that area and people know, okay, yeah, they like to mess with, yeah, they will stop black people. We know the areas here. My incident happened in Pedland. 
And I'm talking about the old Pelin. I'm talking about before, I'm, I'm you know, Dawson was built. When it, Dawson High School, before that. People know. I don't have to. It's an unspoken. We, we don't even have to speak on it. Because you know it. You know the areas of town. Now, some of these areas have evolved and changed. Some haven't. But I'm, I say that to say that we need to get the narrative out there so people understand this is not, oh, you know, a dozen names. This is part of every day, the, the mistreatment. The reason why Rodney King was so bad, the, 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 the situation was so bad. The beating was horrible. But it was an example of how people in L.A. were being treated all the time without a camera on. So now we had cameras. And if not for the camera here, we wouldn't have seen what we saw. And it's terribly frustrating when all Americans don't recognize George Floyd as any American. He's a, he's he's your brother, too. <laughs> I mean, we are all Americans. And I think until we start to acknowledge that, like treat everybody with the same humanity. And I try to understand why people don't don't get it. I don't want to believe people are inherently racist. And I know that that that, that people have, have developed that way. Fear has fueled a lot of things. I I, I just and anyone who knows me knows that I believe in America. I believe I'm a flag waving America, American. And it's not because I'm ignorant or blind to all of the things that have happened to African Americans from the beginning. I'm not blind. I'm not. I'm more knowledgeable than a lot of people about a lot of things pertaining to our history and in our current present day situation. I'm aware. And it's not that I'm ignorant to that. It's just that. My belief in the United States of America has always been aspirational. Like, you know, we were here, but now people know better. Now, now we, you know, now we're evolving. We're evolving nationally. As a nation, we're growing up. We're understanding that, you know, what makes us special. It's aspirational. When we, we're not, we're not confined by ethnicity here we're not confined by by religion here we, we 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 come together because we have to share in the idea and this concept of the melting pot of america is what makes us the greatest country in the world usually we don't have the the tribal strife that other countries have because they were create borders were created for them it's not like this. This some of these countries in the Middle East, especially, naturally developed. People from outside of that region just threw a, a, a border around and say, "Hey, you may be a Sunni, you may be a Shia, you may be a, a Kurd, but you you all are gonna live here and work it out." And 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 it doesn't work out because everybody's more committed to their tribe or their ethnicity than they are to their nation. That's where America is different. You come here, you adopt the belief that we are all in this together. And it's, it's the propaganda that we have to believe in and we have to personify or we will fail as a country. So how do we fix it? 
I think you need to look at every American as an American, as a human being. And, and I, you know, you can get nationalist, but I'm talking about right now. I'm not talking about nationalism. I'm talking about how are we going to make our country successful? How are we going to move along the path of becoming what we aspire to be? Some people think reparations. I mean, systemically, we have some some really, 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 really big problems. And we have to fix those things. We have to fix public school education. We have to provide health care. You have to understand. You have to figure out what is it that you think your country should do for the least of us. And I think in, in this regard, this is this is the easiest thing to make apolitical. The easiest thing to say is. If a policeman mistreats you, you can seek remedy from the system. The system should support you. You should be safe from the people who are, you pay for it. The taxpayer pays for it to protect you. That's that's visceral. You can see that. You can feel that. We can get into healthcare and education. Those things are going to be ongoing. But if you want to know why, you know, all of these people are upset is because because the basic things that we need as a society are not being met by a government that we are made of you are not no one is going anywhere we're here so we want all the things that everyone else gets we want better education we want health care look disproportionate effects of corona on african americans why is that Pre-existing conditions. Why are those so present in African-Americans? Because they don't have access to affordable health care. Any, any, any population that does not have uh, access to affordable health care will be disproportionately affected by things like pandemics. We know this. So if you want to see why, why 40 million people are out of work, disproportionately, African-American. Also with Corona, a lot of frontline workers. So all of these things are coming to a head at once. And then you have somebody divisive trying to seek military on his own people. And you wonder how can, how in God's name, how in humankind's name can you have a person represent such a diverse country so rich in its heritage? Because we have contributions from people who've come from all over the world. Some willingly, some not willingly, but we're here. And help build the country and, and build unprecedented wealth for this nation. So th- this is why you're seeing what you are seeing. So how do we fix it? People just have to see him first and foremost as a human. And you have to have those conversations. And I think that we should tell our stories and, and make people understand and make them aware of because look if i have somebody looks at me a certain way or doesn't speak to me or follows me around a store pays extra attention to me in the store that's usually not i'm not gonna have that (laughs) that's not water cooler conversation because it happens so frequently we rarely pay it much attention but maybe we need to start to make people aware and it's oh you know it seems like you guys are looking to be slighted I've heard that argument. Oh, you, you're you looking for things to argue about. Well, if that's the case, it's because we've been conditioned 
throughout. And, and I'm not going to sit here and, and act like I've suffered the most oppressive because, because again, I, that's not my story. I've been, I, I've never felt a burden in a lot of ways. I don't know why that is. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't feel the, that burden all the time, but I know a lot of people do. And that's not from out of thin air. That That's through conditioning of being mistreated and not feeling the full effects of freedom in America. So, again, we have to have these conversations and we have to bridge the gaps because that's the only way we can be what we need to be. What we saw with the murder of George Floyd is just such a a disappointing, disappointing, sad thing. So I want your thoughts on that. How do we heal? How do we get better? Um, 832-941-6614. Uh, because, again, I, I look at where my grandparents came from and where my father came from. Growing up with next to nothing. And he died in a home, beautiful home, paid off two homes, had a, uh, almost a 50-year marriage at the time of his death, had a family, kids went to college. You know, he was able to do that. So it's not like, oh, uh, you know, we're not in apartheid-era uh, South Africa. I mean, I understand that. But still, there are dangers out here that we need to eliminate. Shouldn't be afraid of the police, man. That that's crazy. But if you are black, you look. Let me tell you, when I get stopped, it's ten o'clock, two o'clock. It's I'm not a big yes sir, no sir. I'm not a I'm I'm not doing that. But I'm I'm respectful. I'm not a you know I'm not I'm not gonna be totally afraid. But I'm I'm gonna be very cognizant of my movement. Because I, I know that, and, and I, I, you know, another thing we need to look at, I know that that officer may be afraid. And, and I understand that cops see the worst in society. Just like if you go to the hospital, if you go to the emergency room, they have seen the worst. So they, the, you know, they, their worldview is different because they meet people at the worst times of their lives. Cops see people at the worst times of their lives when they're either doing something wrong or been the victims of crime. And maybe that conditions them. And maybe we need to understand how to deprogram them from uh, having a bad view of the people they police. Uh, you know, there are things that need, and, and also legislation, voting. Are we, are we participating in the process? Because the, who the DA is, is important. You know why? They decide what charges to throw your way. They decide, well, this is a misdemeanor or seven felonies. Judges, who do you want to reside over the case of you and your neighbor? God forbid you have to go before a judge in a criminal case. These things are important. And it's not enough to, to vote every four years. We have to educate ourselves on who is going to do what and who's going to be fair? Because I can guarantee you, there's certain judges, the hanging judge. I went to court in Galveston and everybody was guilty and nobody looked like the judge. Now, uh, conversely, I mean, I'm not saying that if you have a 
uh, you want a judge that's empathetic. It doesn't have to necessarily be a black judge, but you want a, a judge that can empathize with you like they can empathize with anybody else. You don't want a judge that can empathize with, with Karen, but can't empathize with Latasha. So you want someone that can uh, be fair and balanced. And, and, and I, we have to pay attention to those people we put in those positions. In Houston, Houston has a, a, a mayor from from the faux folk. And so he knows what it is. So he's not he's not bothered or he doesn't panic over certain situations. He can he went out to the rally. Sixty thousand people, more than that probably. He wasn't afraid to be there. He was in the mix. He knew Trader Truth. He knew Bun B. Probably listen to both of them's music. And even if he didn't, he un he can relate to them. And that affects how he guides the city. He's not going to, I'm not saying that he's going to do, at the expense of ignoring his white constituents. But what he will do is he'll have an understanding. And that will affect how he governs. So we have to pay attention to the folks who who govern us. Who do we send to represent us? So again, and it's not a, always an adversarial thing. You don't, I don't want to overthrow anything. I don't want any other group to suffer at my benefit. I just, you just want equity across the board. It's a common sense thing. We just, everybody just wants to be treated like they're human. Although I'm not the victim of, of a lot of these things, I've experienced a lot more than probably I can articulate more than I'm maybe even aware of because this is brought to light a lot of things that I've been thinking of. So with that, going to wrap this one up. want to get your thoughts on that. What's your story? 832-941-6614. You saw, it, it was, you saw the cascade of stories come out with the me too era. You don't think for one minute, African-Americans experience with law enforcement, there are a lot of me too moments. Now, again, we know every Hollywood executive isn't in a scumbag. Every record executive is not, you know, a pervert and, and victimizing women. And we know the same about police. Every, every police person is not, and police officer is not bad. But there are a lot of Me Too moments for African Americans as it pertains to this situation. So I'll continue to write. Uh, I'll have some shows about this. I want to hear your voices. And uh, again, let's let's just let's be proactive and make make a change and make this a better world. I feel so bad for the family of of George Floyd because that just you, no one. I mean, I feel bad for all of us. I feel bad for Third Ward, for Houston, Texas, for, I'm, for the United States of America. We have people marching around the world, giving us sympathy. Because we're not living up to what we think we are. We look down our nose at everybody else. It's time to look in the mirror. It's time to fix the structural flaws in this beautiful home. Getting out of here. Want to thank you guys. Uh, hit me up on social media. Want to get your thoughts on any and every uh, every aspect of this. If you like, agree or disagree. Hey, it doesn't matter to me. Dialogue is what it's all about. And I maybe I can learn something from your point of view. I never take those things for granted. Um, but be prepared to defend your position on a lot of stuff. But you're not here. And uh, as always, guys, remember these four things.
Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.